today we're going to talk about, and you can ask questions if you want, I'll answer them the best I can. I do not claim to be an expert in it, but we're going to talk about a project that I've got going on right now and have had um, some posts on it on Instagram and I've got enough people ask me about it and enough questions come up about it and I'm getting to start to be a little bit proud of it. Um, and I'm going to explain to you that what, what I mean by that, but we're going to talk about a sauna. And I say sauna because I used to call it sauna. And I was corrected quickly when I went to the UP that it's not a sauna, sauna, it's not a sauna, it's a sauna. And so that was, background on it is I went up to a buddy's place who has a little fishing camp uh, in the UP, beautiful little place. The UP is the upper peninsula of Michigan if you're not familiar with it. It's probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. I love it. Uh, my wife, uh, our daughter, and our dogs went up there last year and we did a fishing trip and so had a great time um, there's a very big finlandish culture up there and i would say i don't know that half but a great percentage of places up there have saunas and they take sauna and i didn't realize all that went into it and so my buddy's place has one and so we got done fishing and I literally, we did it, we took sauna and I've never slept so good in my life. And so the reason when I left there, I, my wife and I talked about it and I said, we have to have one. So we decided uh, we're gonna get a sauna. And instead, instead of buying one, cause you can buy them, you can buy kits for them. There's lots of different ways to do it. Uh, we were in a barrel sauna, which is like literally a big barrel. Um, I thought that was the thing. I thought that's what like sauna was because there are a lot of them up there. There's a place up there that makes them. It's called Kiwana Sauna Company. Um, they make these barrels and that's what my buddy had. We drove past their place. The, the place is right there off the highway. We drove past it. So I'm inspired by this thing because it, it changed my life. And I say that kind of jokingly, but not that jokingly. It was just it was a pretty amazing experience. I slept so well. And I felt so refreshed and I f never felt so clean and all this stuff. So I didn't realize I had been in a sauna before and I called it a sauna. And when I was in a sauna, I went in this little room. It was at a hotel. It was really hot and steamy. And I went in there and that, sat in it for a while, got uncomfortable, and then I left. And I went, I, I just don't get it. I don't see what, what this is all about and why so many people are so big on it. Well, when I was up in the UP, I got this education on it and we talked with all these people up there about it and they all thought it was funny that I didn't know anything about it and um, hadn't really done this process before. But so this process that we did was, okay, we're going to prepare ourselves. You start the fire. It takes a while for it to heat up. You got to get a bucket of water. You got to put the water in there. The water's going to warm up. And then you're going to go in there and you're going to get in and it's going to be hot and you're going to get a little uncomfortable. And... It, you start sweating profusely, but it's dry heat. I mean, it's hot. I think it was like 120 degrees in there. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. And I'm almost starting to question it. And my one buddy was like, you got to go in here and you just don't think about anything else. You just, you forget about everything. You just sit in here and you relax. And he's talking about like kind of meditating and stuff. And I don't do that. So I wasn't sure what he meant. But so we go in there and we sit and it's super hot. And you get sweating. And then all of a sudden he says, okay, now... We're going to go outside. So we go outside and we sit on this deck on these little Adirondack 
chairs that he's got. And we look up at the stars, and it's the most beautiful night in the UP, and it's cold. Uh, you, you were steaming. You're, it's hot. Um, I'm in a swimsuit. I mean, we did, you can do it however you want. I was in a swimsuit, but we were all waiting, wearing swimsuit stuff. And you literally sit out in the cold. It feels cold, and your body cools back down. So then we went back into the sauna and for cycle two. And he's explaining to me this, but you don't really f get it until you do it. So you go in for this cycle. And I think that time we added water to the rocks and all of a sudden now it starts to get steamy and the temperature actually came down because there's a little thermometer. Temperature came down, but it felt 10%, 20% hotter like because all of a sudden now we put this, this moisture in the air. And so it felt really hot. Like, and now the sweat's really rolling. And I'm going, wow, this is, you know, I'm starting to settle into this. I'm, I'm starting to feel less uncomfortable and awkward and starting to settle into this idea of just relaxing. So we're sitting in there, we're drinking water, um, you know, like, especially at break, I'm drinking water because I'm sweating so much. So now we're in there. It's a hot steaminess now. And so we stay in there until it's almost unbearable. Okay, now we go outside. We sit back down on these chairs and we look up at these stars and we just cool off and your body kind of comes back down and then we go okay now we're going back in so we go back in for this third time again we add water to the rocks it gets super steamy in there um, this time he brought a tub of cold water in with him like a bucket of cold water so we're in there we're in and this is, these are all like about 15 minute cycles so now we're in there we've got cold water we're super hot and sweating again and we decide, and this is the, we're going to do this on this third cycle. So he takes a bar of soap. He's got a bar of soap in there. And he's, he's, he's about done, my buddy. So he soaps up, like scrubs down with his bar of soap, takes cold water, takes hot water that's been sitting there on the stove. And it's hot, like super hot, scalding hot. And he takes and he starts adding cold water and hot water until he gets it to the perfect temperature for him. And then he starts to dump this water on him and he washes up. And he gets done, and out he goes. And I, I wasn't quite done yet. I was still kind of enjoying this heat. And so I was in there for a little while. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that too. So I washed up. I get my temperature the way I wanted. I rinse down. I go outside. I sit down. And I, I'm just like, wow, that was quite, it took an hour. Start to finish took about an hour. And then I went to bed, and then I slept really good. So that was my experience. Well, I didn't realize that there was so much involved with it, just taking the sauna. And... It, what I realized, then I went, okay, now I need to study this. So I came home convinced to have one, and then I went online, and I started watching YouTube videos, and I started reading. There's a book out there called The Opposite of Cold, and it's completely a documentary on sauna, and it's pictures and stories and saunas from across the country and across the world, and so I watched this little documentary video on that, and then I watched all these different videos, and then I watched How to Build One. And then I realized, because I had this little thing in my mind where I'm going to have to build a barrel sauna. So I started searching all barrel saunas. I started figuring out the materials, deciding whether or not I should just buy one or build one. All these things in my mind, figuring out what the best way for me to do it was. And then I realized after watching a couple different ones, because I watched all these barrel saunas because that's what I was in. That's what I was, that's what I thought a sauna was. And so then I started watching these other things and realizing it's not the building that makes the sauna. It's not the design of it that makes the sauna. There's electric ones, there's wood ones, there's square ones, there's two-story ones, there's 
double-decker benches. There's single low-ceiling ones. There's all these different variations. There's all these pictures of these old ones that I'm looking at in like over in Europe, and they're, they look like little trapper shacks. I mean, they're just little cabins. There's a big problem with them burning down because they're made of wood. The reason they're made of wood, they, everyone thinks cedar, 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 cedar. Everybody, cedar sauna, cedar sauna, cedar sauna. Well, a cedar sauna is really regional because over here we have cedar. And so in the UP, you get these cedar saunas and you get northern Wisconsin and northern Minnesota. There's a lot of cedar around there. You go back over to like Finland and your, these European countries that have them, they don't use cedar. And I always thought it had to be cedar. It's not a Finnish sauna. Well, it's, they use what wood they have. So it's, not, it's nowhere near as rigid and strict as I thought. And instead, it's very much the concept of the sauna is very similar but the actual, when you get down to it, some people are making them out of masonry. Some people are making them out of wood. Some people are making them out of, all, some people have them inside their house. Some people have them outside their house. There's just all these different options and varieties. So I, at that point, decided, now I'm really interested in it and I want to do it myself. And so how do I want to do it? Well, I like old stuff. I like old buildings. I like, I like reclaiming old wood. So I found an old barn, an old hand-hewed barn, and I bought it. And, I, and, it, and when I say barn, it was 16 feet by 12 feet. So it wasn't really that big. Um, it was used for like livestock. And so I took it down. It's kind of like a log cabin. I saved as much of it as I could. I moved it back here. And I, okay, now I'm going to use this to build a sauna. And then I realized that's just not going to work so easily because those not all the logs were good. I don't think I had enough logs to do the way I build it the way I wanted to. So I had all these different thoughts and I had a slab poured in my backyard because I used to have a hot tub and I got rid of the hot tub and the slab is what I was going to use and it was 10 by 10 so that was my footprint that was what I needed to use so I had to figure out how am I going to take the how am I going to build this sauna out of the stuff that I have or want to get and make it in in and build it in my mind first and then figure out how to put it to actually building it construction wise and all that stuff so I sat on it for months thinking about it. What's the best way to do it? Well, I drew it out and then I drew it out again and then I redrew it because I realized I wasn't going to have enough of this. And Then I drove by an old shed that was for sale and I thought maybe I should just go buy it and turn it into a sauna. I had all these different things and I just, I just was reluctant to start. And so the reason I was reluctant to start was I was afraid to pull the trigger knowing that I was going to have to make a bunch of decisions and the way I planned it out probably wasn't going to be the way it went together. So that I was real hesitant about that. So eventually I finally just said, got sick of looking at the lumber and sick of looking at the logs and all that stuff. And I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take those logs that I have and I'm going to cut them in half. And once I cut them in half, I will know I'll have more than enough wood to build it the way I want to build it. And so what I did was I started. And getting started was probably the best thing I could have done because then all of a sudden it forced me to start making some decisions on how I was going to do it. I just, I didn't have an option anymore. I'm going with it. Our reception went way down. Do you think it's, you see the bars? I'm going to ask if you guys can still hear or see it clearly because again, we're just kind of testing out, see how that bar went way down? Yeah. But I don't know if that matters. I think that's more your cellular. Okay. Okay. So I finally, I start the sauna and then I start building the actual perimeter of it. 
and there's all these different parts to it. We're going to need a stove. We're going to need a roof. We're going to need all these different things to it. So he said, yes. Yeah, so it looks like it is working. Both are good. So I started it finally. And by just moving off of square one, that was like the biggest thing for me to get going. Now, I haven't shared much of it. Um, I've took a lot of pictures of it because it's a kind of interesting project for me. But I haven't shared much of it. And the reason I didn't share much of it and I had a couple people ask about it was because I did kind of po I accidentally posted some stuff about it and people wondered what it was. But the thing that held me up with it was as soon as I started it, I literally worked on it for in the night and on the, in, on the weekends and in the evenings. And I thought, well, a couple, a, week or, a couple weeks and I'll have this thing up. And so then I started putting these logs together and I was so picky about every notch. I was so picky about how I pieced this thing together. Um, I just wanted it to be pretty perfect. And so I literally, it took me, and I had never done it before. So I was Googling, how do you make notches on a log cabin? Um, I was looking at doing, um, like I was looking at doing these different angle cuts on it. How do, how do you get this? Finally, I decided, you know what? I don't need it to be perfect, perfect, but I want it to be nice. So I start going. Well, as soon as I start going, I'm getting like a couple logs a, a day done or a session done. And I'm realizing this is going to take me for freaking ever. And so I, I, I started it months ago. Um, and I started putting it together and I, I realized very quickly, I was kind of excited about it and wanted to share it. I shared it with my mom and dad. I shared it with some of my relatives. I wasn't going to share it on social media because my fear with it was, so I've got a construction background and I'm a construction guy. And so I, I pride myself on construction and I realized I'm not sharing it because it's taking me forever to build a 10 foot by 10 foot sauna. And it's a little embarrassing because what, how can this take so long to do? I look at it right now and I go, how did it take so long to get to where I'm at? I'm not even done. I don't have a roof on it yet. Uh, I've got some rafters on it, but I don't have a roof. I'm still chinking log joints. I mean, it's, we're, we're getting there, but it's taking a while. And I was a little embarrassed by that to say, I'm going to wait and I'm not going to post pictures of it until it's done. And that's been weeks and months now. I don't know if I'd say months, but a couple months, two months probably mm -hmm. since I started it. So I'm doing this podcast on it now because A, I'm getting a little bit closer to being done and I'm okay with sharing it, which is terrible. Uh, B, because I think it's important. A, I think, or B, because, you know, I've had a couple people ask about it and I, I'm kind of excited to share it. I, I'm really excited to do it, uh, get it going myself, get it operational. But I think it connects back to some of the dog stuff that we're doing because the biggest, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was why am I so hesitant to share it with anybody? Um, with the reason being, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to show how long it took me. And then I, cause I'm the first person to criticize somebody and I don't, I try not to criticize, but I'm the first person to be, to question when I get an email about their dog and they're nervous, you know, they're nervous because they're so far behind and they, you know, their neighbors did this and the guy at the gun club's doing this with their dog and all this. And I'm so quick to say, don't, why do you care? Stop worrying about what other people think. Why do you care about what your cousin did with his dog? It doesn't really matter. 
And so I can't be, I need to be a little bit more listening to myself in other things. Cause I don't, cause I think some of the stuff with the dogs is very applicable to other things in life. So, you know, here's, here's another connection to the, the way this sauna project and the dogs have turned out for me. I could have went and bought a sauna. You know, I, I, I probably, I saved myself a considerable amount of money by doing it the way I'm doing it. It's a considerable amount more work. It's a lot more, for me, it's a lot more enjoyable. I enjoy the idea of this process. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Uh, my dad, my dad said something to me about it, and he's like, "Boy, you're really kind of enjoying this, aren't you?" I said, "Yeah, I am." Now, one thing about it is, it's a project that's big enough that it takes me a while, and it's new to me, stuff that I've never done before. So, by the time I figure it out, I'm about done with it, and I'm moving on to the next thing. That's the perfect size project for me. If I get a project that's way too big and too overwhelming and takes me forever, 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 even when I get good at it. That might be something that's easy to burn out with. But if you get a project, and I think the idea of when we work with our dogs, most of the stuff that I'm doing with my dogs, none of them are such big, insurmountable projects that they take forever and we never get past it. I think the idea of, you know, chinking this log cabin right now is going to take me three or four days. And by the time the first day I was really bad at it, you can tell what side I did first. It doesn't look very nice. I'm going to go back and fix that side. But the second side and the third side are getting pretty good. The back side is probably going to look really good. And then I'm going to fix the first side. Well, that's four or five different training set or four or five different sessions of chinking those logs to figure it out and actually get good at it. And by the time I get good at it, I'm done. Thank God. Cause I'm getting bored with it. I'm ready to do something new. Well, when it starts to, when we start working with these dogs, there's a lot of times where there's very few parts of the process that last so long if, you're, if you stay with it. Now, if I didn't go and work on that cabin, it'll never get chinked. Like, I have to go do it. I have to be willing to commit and put the time into it. If I'm willing to commit and put the time into any step with the dog along the way, there are very few or any that last so long that you can't get through it. Now, hold conditioning is one that we get a lot of questions on and we put a lot of stuff out on hold. That is the one process I think that some people really struggle to get through. That's, that's my chinking of the cabin. But the only way you don't get through it is if you don't work on it. And so, it, and you gotta know what you're doing too. So like by studying, so all of this stuff building this sauna came from me watching YouTube. I would say the majority of the stuff is YouTube. And the majority of the stuff that I've learned is YouTube. Well, you know how many people are that listen to this podcast literally get all their information on dog training from YouTube? A ton. And it's more every day. And I actually think it's pretty good. I think there's a I think it's a nice resource. I think it's we've done a couple podcasts now recently that we're talking about go watch as much as you can. Go listen to as many as you can. Watch as many videos as you can. It doesn't have to be YouTube. It could be a DVD. It could be a uh, there's subscriptions out there where you can join and be like a member of these training clubs online, especially these days with all this stuff that's going on. It, there, it's it's going to be the norm. I think a lot of people are going to do it that way. A lot of people are going to figure out how to train their dogs online. Now, I think you give up some of the physical stuff. I do not. I did not learn how to put chinking in between the log joints by watching it on YouTube. I got an idea of how I should do it. And then I went and screwed up the first whole side of the cabin. 
And by the time I got done with the one side of the cabinet and it looked pretty rough, I realized, oh, my mix could be a little bit different. My tool, use this tool instead of that tool, it works a little bit better. If I just tip the thing a little bit, it works better than if I try to push it the other way. All these little things, that's the hands-on stuff that you just don't get on YouTube. That's the stuff you don't get watching a training video. The idea of getting a dog to heal and bend for me the right direction, it's easy to watch me do it on, on a video. It's not as easy when you put the lead in your hands. So I, it's a combination of like studying it as much as you can. But that was what I, that was what I struggled with with this cabin was, with this sauna, was I sat and drew it on paper 10 times and ran through the materials list in my head 10 times and realized, you know, I want to have it perfect in my head before I actually went out and started cutting wood and building stuff and measuring. And then all of a sudden I decided I better just start. And so I started and I didn't go in totally half cocked, but I went in with an idea, but I also went in with the idea of that plan is going to change. And I would say the song has changed. You've seen the progress. It's changed five times. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have a cantilever overhang when I first started. I got a four foot cantilever overhang with the top two logs because I thought as I built up to that level, I went, it'd be really nice to have an overhang. It'd be have, nice to have something that you could get out from under the weather. It'd be nice to have something where we could hang a light. It'd be nice to have something where we could, we're going to run. I didn't, I didn't plan on having water to it. I'm going to run, I'm going to bury a hose. I'm going to have a little spigot. I'm going to have it where I can run cold water off of it. I didn't plan on that when I started. But now all of a sudden I'm, I'm realizing you don't get, you don't figure out that you need a cantilever overhang on your sauna until you build the first course, second, third, fourth, fifth course. You don't real. I don't realize Bella today. We did a Be we did a Bella be good today, and she did really good. Um, I I worked on backcasting her. I backcasted her over a barrier, over a fence. I backcasted her through a ditch with water. I pushed her back through. Um, she. I thought she handled it all pretty well today. Here's the one thing that. I, I wouldn't have known unless I actually went out and did it. Today was one of the nicer days of the year. It's how warm is it out? 60? Yeah, probably. It's probably 60. And 60 is not that hot. But Bella is not used to 60 degrees. So halfway through the session, she's really breathing hard. She's having a really hard time. And that physical fatigue affected her mental fatigue. And so as soon as she's mentally exhausted, what the hell are we going to do with her? We can't do anything with her anymore. She's not going to learn anything. I wouldn't realize that unless I went out and trained in 60-degree weather because we've been training in 40-degree weather and 30-degree weather and below zero. And she's never gotten tired on us, mm -hmm. ever. She's, in, she's a lean, mean fighting machine. She's in very good condition. She's not, over, she's not overweight. She's in great – she's a puppy, and she's in great condition. And she got physically tired today in 60-degree weather. And she did it last session, too, and yep. it was like 70. Yep. And she was dogging hard. So you, I can't not train because it's hot. I have to adjust how I'm going to train. So what we did, hell, we took her in the water, and she cooled off a little bit. And then she had a second wind. She had another run of energy after she went in the water, got a drink, got wet, got cooled down a little bit. And then we get finished out our session. But I also realized very quickly... I got a little bit more energy with her. Let's get something done in the next five minutes positive, and then let's end it before she gets tired again and starts to get sloppy. Because as soon as she got tired, she got sloppy. 
So you don't realize the, sh- the stuff until you do it. I didn't realize I was going to run into, I, I mean, the list of stuff that I ran into with the sauna is long. I'm looking at a picture. I got a scrolling picture up. I'm looking at it right now, a picture of it just went through my computer when it was an old pig pen. And if you looked at it now, you're going to go, wow, it's very different. And I never would have envisioned what it looks like right now when I first started. I, I, I just, so I, there's a couple of things, ways to live your life and train your dog and build stuff and whatever. You can be the planner. And I, I don't, I'm not against planning, but you, if you're going to do it with your dog, you can have a plan and you can have a vision and you can have something that you're working towards. But if you get upset at the idea of the plan changing, you're going to be in for a really long, miserable stretch because the plan changes constantly. The sauna changed constantly. The sauna is still going to change. Like I haven't built the stove yet. So the thing that I love about the sauna project is it's been a really fun thing for me to do. And it's just big enough to keep me busy. And then as soon as I get tired of whatever phase we're in, I'm usually done with it and on to the next phase. But we've gone through like regular general construction. We've gone through some finished construction type stuff with some trim. We've added in some really old beams that I loved and wanted to figure out how to incorporate. We've added in some really cool naily board that I wanted to incorporate in the ceiling. We've All these little parts and components of it have been interesting. We just went and picked up some new cedar that we're going to use for our floor and our benches. Now I'm sanding that cedar and working it down. All these different phases of this sauna project are individual. They're compartmentalized. I got to get them, I got to perfect each one of them and then move on to the next. But the beauty of it is, is at night I, I lay in bed thinking about, okay, now that I know what the interior wall looks like and what the floor is going to look like, I wonder how I should design the wood stove that we're going to build and figure out how I can get it so that I can feed it from the outside so I never have to bring firewood into the sauna. And then I got to figure out, well, how can I clean it out? And how can I get the exhaust to go out? And how can I figure out where I'm going to put my water to warm it up? All these things are thoughts now that I'm thinking about that actually I can give you some answers to because I've done the steps before it. And when it comes to raising these dogs, you can't, I, you can't, I can't tell you how it's going to look with Bella. You know, Bella's a year and two months right now, something like that. She's about 14 months. And if you had asked me, what's it going to look like when you start handling Bella and stopping her to the whistle in the field? I have no idea because I didn't, at the time, I didn't know how to heal her. She didn't know how to heal well. And she didn't know how to sit to the whistle. And she didn't know how to retrieve and deliver. She didn't know how to do all the steps and all the links of the chain that needed to be there before I could get to the end of it. So that's where I relate back and forth with the sauna to raising the dogs. And a lot of people wanted to ask me about this sauna thing. So I am going to, now that we did this podcast, because I've been talking about doing, how long have I been talking about doing this podcast? For sure, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. I said, we should do a podcast and talk about the sauna because that would be an easy way for me to be able to make sense of what this thing is and start sharing some pictures of it and putting some of the stuff on our stories from a social media standpoint. And the reasoning behind it and the reasoning why I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I was a chicken. I didn't do it because I was afraid to show people that my projects take a long time. And that's life. And that's okay. And I'm never afraid to tell people that your dogs take a long time. I'm never afraid to tell people, don't be in a rush with your dog. It takes as long as it takes and blah, blah, blah. 
and don't be afraid about it and don't be embarrassed by it and don't compare it to anybody else's. And here I am watching the YouTube video going, well, he built his really quick. Well, that sucker had it on time lapse. He did it way faster than I did. I could, I could, at the end of this, I could do this real easily. I could take pictures of the sauna and I could do some videos if I had filmed it. I didn't film any of it, but I could do videos that I filmed of the sauna project and I could give them to Ben and Ben could turn it into a slide or a reel where all of a sudden it looks like I started the sauna and I finished the sauna at the end of the week. I could make it look like that to you. And then guy like me would watch that video, start building a sauna and be pissed off and disappointed and embarrassed because his took two months, three months, whatever it's going to take. But the reality is, is how do you, <laughs> what's the truth? It takes me a while. And you know what? That's okay. It takes me a while to train the dogs. That's okay. It takes you a while. Nobody, nobody, I, I get frustrated and I've seen it. And, and I'm getting kind of frustrated because I'm, I'm going back to some of these questions that I've had recently about people that are embarrassed because so-and-so at the dog club said this. I don't give a shit about it. I don't care about the guy at the dog club. Dog, the guy at the dog club doesn't have your dog. And I tell you right now, the guy at the dog club shows you all the good stuff doesn't show you all the stuff that doesn't go well. Bella be good series right now. How far are we out? 60-ish? More than that. That's posted? Oh, posted, yeah, 60. So probably around 60 videos of Bella be good. It's still a couple months. Yeah. It's probably six to eight weeks back, I would say. Yeah. The video, I just, I just did a post on, I think it was on Instagram and Facebook, but I showed a picture of Bella when we first started, and I talked about the idea of, what a long, it, it just feels like just yesterday we took that picture and we are so much further ahead right now than we were when that picture was taken. And if you talk to me in a couple more months, you could take a picture of me that today and in a few months I'd look back on that and go, man, it feels like it was so long ago. You know, it was just yesterday, but feels so long ago. And look at us now, you wouldn't recognize the dog. The dog has changed that much. It happens that quickly if you're patient. It happens that quickly, and, and it sounds counterproductive, but I always tell people, slow down to speed up. When it comes to your dog, slow down, and things will speed up. If you rush, 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 it just doesn't sink in. It doesn't, it doesn't saturate the dog, and the dog doesn't hold it, and you don't carry it to the next session. So that's it for the sauna. And if you're watching right now, there's a few people watching. If you would, let me know if it's still clear and if you can hear it because it's the question did anybody ask a question this one said related to your sauna taking time to make it perfect rather than something that you'll need issues because it was just yeah so uh thane Th thanamis meek said same thing can be related with your sauna taking time to make it perfect perfected rather than something that will need issues because it was just pieced together quickly that's a really good question or that's a really good comment so I do think it's a balance. I think it's a balance of figuring out what is acceptable. So like, I think at a certain point, the dog gets to a point where I go, that's good enough for us to move to the next. It might not be perfect, but it's good enough for us to start adding another layer as opposed to, and it's a fine line because at the same time, you could say, nah, it's good enough and move on. And good enough might not be good enough to go to the next step. So it's, it's a really good point you bring up. With the sauna, I'll tell you right now, when I first put my first couple courses of logs up, 
A, I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't realize the things that I needed to be aware of that were every, – every log I put in impacted the next log, which impacted the next log, which impacted – because they're all linked together. And the cuts – if you cut one log, if you made too many cuts on it, you might be short based on what log goes in next. It might not be long enough. So you had to like you had to you had to put a log in and let it run wild on one end and then put the next log in, but you couldn't put that one in because this one wasn't the right size. So you had to like fit it in, mark it, then you could start cutting, then you could start piecing it together. So if you cut stuff too quickly for that for that log corner, it didn't fit or it fit poorly. And then it, you realized Here's the nice part about working with old stuff. This is why I love working with old old lumber and old timbers and old logs because I don't have to be perfect. The joints are never going to be perfect because these are not manufactured plastic 90 degree squared off materials that, you know, I finished my basement last year and I I hated a lot of the finished carpentry because every little mistake stood out. Thank God for caulk because that saved me because my joints, I just, I couldn't get them perfect. And I was picky about it. And finally, towards the end, I started going, you know what? No one's really going to look over here anyway. The, this one's less visible than that one. But there's a certain type of person that's built for these different jobs. I'm a much better framer than I am finished carpenter. Because framing doesn't have to be perfect. It's got to be good. It can't be terrible. It can't be sloppy. It can't be off. But there's a lot more variance for perfection. And so when it comes to dogs, I think dogs are the same way. There's a, there is a level of perfection that is necessary. And then there's a level of perfection that falls short. And I, you usually have to be somewhere. It's a very fine line. you got to get in the middle. So that was a, that was a really good uh, relation there of how we built that sauna to how we raised the dogs. Here's another one. I'd rather... Have a great dog that the, the time was taken with them and get them the way then rushed through and then having issues to go back. Yeah, so I think, let me see, read that again. I'd rather have a great dog that the time was taken with them to get them that way than rushed through. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what that means, but here's one thing. It, I'm, I would, I'm gonna enjoy my sauna a lot more because I built it than if I had went and bought it. And so, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going and sending a dog off for training or buying trained dogs. Or I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But there is definitely a rewarding feeling of doing it yourself and realizing that the amount of time, I appreciate the, it goes back to making maple syrup. We, had, we did a podcast on maple syrup making and I never realized the amount of work that went into it until I did it. And now I look at it and I go, I don't know how these people sell it. To me, it's gold. Like I could not, it took, it took me so much time. It took so much work. I, I, I told Steph, I said, well, you said it to me. Didn't you say it the other day? Boy, you should sell some saunas. You could make some money on those. Yeah. I wouldn't sell that son of a bitch for $100,000 right now. Like I have so much into it. I mean, a mm -hmm. hundred grand maybe, but uh, I've got a lot of time and effort into that baby. And I, I told Steph, I said, I'm going to have to build it so that if, when we sell the house, it can be loaded on a trailer and taken with me because it just means so much right now. Um, so these are just people that were at, yeah, saying I don't think yes. We had much for questions. Okay, so nobody's got a question about sauna. That's good enough. Um, 
Again, guys, I appreciate you listening. Now, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you don't realize it, but we did it live on Instagram. And the reason we did it live on Instagram was more of a test to find out if it's our Wi-Fi that has become the issue when we go live uh, to do these with another person. So as long as the comments say that it's clear visually and audibly, uh, we realized that it probably was a overload of the Wi-Fi on our end. And so we will... I've got, and the reason I bring it up is because I have a couple guests that I want to reach out to, um, and I'd like to do the split screen with them um, and do it on Instagram live, and that allows people to have uh, feedback into it. So not a ton of feedback on this one, which is fine. We did it rather we did it unannounced, and we just kind of did it as a test for ourselves. But that's I'm not sure what podcast episode we're up to. Seventy one. Seventy one, um, but it's about the sauna. And I'm telling you, I'm going to start sharing the pictures of it. And so I am going to go back and I'm going to make a point of sharing from day one. And it's going to look like wintertime almost because it's about when I started it. Um, but I'm going to get caught up to it. And then I'm probably going to show a little bit more of the progress of the sauna more live or real time. Uh, and that'll give you about... So it's going to give you both, it's going to give you both impressions. It's going to give the, you the idea of... Oh, look at he built that thing. Look at oh cool. That went together pretty quickly. Because I'm gonna post it in a matter of a day, you're gonna see start to 80% completion. And then you're gonna realize from 80% completion to 100% completion is probably gonna take me a few more weeks to get it done. And you and and the reality of that is the entire job took that long. If we waited until Bella be, until Bella was done and goes back to our friends at Illinois Whitetail and Waterfall. That's she, that's where she's going. She's a client's dog. So when she goes back there this fall, probably, is when she'll probably go back. If we waited until Bella went to them and we took, by that time, it'll be 150 to 200 episodes, I'm mm-hmm. sure. If we took that 150 to 200 episodes and I said, okay, Ben, take it when she was a puppy and let's break it down into kind of two or three month chunks. And we'll make a dozen videos. And we'll take those dozen videos and we'll create a Bella Be Good series from when she was 10 weeks old until she's a year and a half, almost two years old. And let's compress it and let's just show the progress. And make sure we don't show any mistakes because that will, you know, that's not going to look good. Let's just show all the good stuff she's done between start and finish. If I did that, which there's a lot of that out there already. You would look at that and go, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's what I want for my dog. Now, you'd start in on it and you'd get about part, you'd get about part way through the first episode and realize, wait a minute, he started at 12 weeks and the dog right now is 18 weeks. Well, that was six week window to get that. You're trying to get it done in your 30 minute episode. And then you're gonna go and translate it to a week worth of training. You can't compress a week's worth of training into one day. You can't compress three months of training into one week. It doesn't happen. And that's the reason why we're trying to show that series the way we're showing it. It's the reason why I'm going to show you the rest of the sauna project real time because it's terribly slow and it's a little boring for some. And some people won't be that interested in it. And that's okay. But it's going to give you a very, very realistic understanding of what it takes for us to actually get from the from this part to this part, and then from this part to this part. Somebody said, random question. Have you experienced a dog constantly getting sick every time in the car? Some dogs do get that way. Um, 
I think part of it has to do with how you have your dog set up in the car. Now, this is a very random question, but uh, I've had dogs that don't that look out the window and they get kind of sick. Um, I guess the question of sick is, does that mean they're puking in your car? Are they, you know, what what is happening with it? But I've had it sometimes where they 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 don't do well when they can see out the window. I think some people are like that as well. Uh, it, my dogs ride on the floor. I don't let my dogs ride on the seat. I just had a guy that was having major, major issues with his dog, taking his dog back and forth from doggy daycare, and the dog was going nuts. And he showed me a video of it, and he's whining and fussing and antsy and anxious and all sorts of anxiety building up. And I said, first off, take away a little freedom. The dog's running around the back seat of his truck like it's a wild hyena in the in a zoo. I mean, back and forth, just going nuts, barking, whining, yipping. I said, take away some of that freedom. And so in that in that case. I, had, I told the guy, I wouldn't even start the truck. I'd get the dog into the truck, I'd have it settle in, and then I'd take the dog out. And that was a training session. And then I'd do it again, get it in the truck, have it sit down, have it be calm, have it be quiet. It might take 15 minutes for it to settle down, then take it out. So every time you get in the truck doesn't mean we get in the truck, we go for a ride, we drive 10 miles. It's two, It's from A to Z and dogs don't go well from A to Z. They go A to B, B to C, C, we get to Z. So he says you got it. He's puking. He's got four, and he's a fourteen-week-old puppy. So, what's your scenario look like, Eric? I, are you letting the puppy ride around free in a kennel, in a crate? Where, what do you have? I use crates a lot. Um, I'll put them. I, I, my, I, I, if I depending on the dog itself, fourteen weeks, maybe a little bit young, but it all depends. If I, by fourteen weeks old, I'm probably getting pretty good at place training these puppies. So I almost ex extend place training to my truck or my car. My dogs ride on the passenger floor seat uh, on, the, on the ground. They don't get up on the seats. They sit down on the ground. They usually curl up. They get down in there. They can't see anything. Uh, they're very not distracted. The thing you got to be careful of is to make sure there's nothing there for them to get. Uh, I have had some seats that are electric and or adjustable, and they'll bite the wires on it. So you got to be careful of that. Try to kennel and in the foot well. So that's that's exactly what I would do. So what I would do is I'd start getting the dog in and out of that. I'd start putting the dog in there and just having them remote sit in there for you. Um, spend some time getting comfortable. Some dogs get motion sick. Uh, the other thing is, is how gradual of this has it been? Do you get in the truck and go for an hour drive? I would, I told this guy that had the dog that was so antsy and it had so much anxiety, get in the truck, settle down, get out, get in the truck, settle down, get out, get in the truck. Dude, it might take weeks. And then the dog gets in, settles down. And then maybe I start the truck and I just let it idle in the driveway. We do the exact same thing. We replicate it. And then I might put it in gear and pull down to the drive into the driveway and put it in park. And all these things. I right now we have Bella. Bella is sensitive to Bella is sensitive to the hose. Bella doesn't like the hose. Every time I turn the hose on, she wants to run. And it's I I created it. She rolled in something that really stank. I was mad. I brought her over and I hosed her off. And now she doesn't like the hose. And so guess whose fault it was? It's mine. So guess what? All weekend when I'm chinking the joints in the sauna, I got to turn the hose on and off. And every time I'd turn the hose on, she'd scoot out. So what did I do? I had her sitting on a remote, sit. I'd go turn the hose on and she'd, doot, 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 doot. she'd scamper off. So what did I do? I, real, I did that two, three times and I realized this is going to become an issue. So I went and I got a leash. I put her on a leash. I put her on a place. 
She wasn't allowed to get off the place. She didn't get off the place. I went and held on to the leash when she did, and I brought her over. And now I bring her over and I'm watering apple trees because I'm going to plant some apple trees. So I'm watering the roots on them. So I bring her with me, and she does not like it. And I heal her over, and I just have her sit, and I hold on to the hose. I don't even have it turned on. I just hold on to it. And then I pet her with it. And she still doesn't like it. But she's going to eventually start to realize this hose really isn't that bad. Every time he turns it on, I'm going to have control. And it's not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a positive thing. It's going to be very incremental and slow. So you said it's a maximum 10-minute ride. I won't go anywhere with the dog. I just bring the dog in the truck. See if the dog gets sick sitting in the truck on the floor. I doubt it will. So we build off of that. Feed the dog in there. Bring the dog up in that spot and feed it. I, I would, if at 14 weeks, I've got a real regimented feeding schedule. I'm building a dog's steadiness. I'm building a dog's lining. I'm building a dog's patience. The dog is earning the reward to get the food. It's a very high, is your dog driven by food? My dogs usually are, and that's why I use it as a, a way to build up positive stuff. So now what I would do is I'd get that spot, and I'd put it up there, and I'd let her get up there, and, I'd let, and she says she starts yawning right away. Okay? I don't know what yawning means. Yawning like falling asleep or yawning like tired. So I'd put the dog in. I'd have it sit down. 30 seconds. Take the dog out. Good. She obviously stresses herself out. So you got you to gotta work through it and take way steps back. So I'd put her in the truck. I'd have her sit there. Good. Take her out. Put her back in. Good. Take her out. Put her back in. Take her out. Until she gets to the point where you put her up in there, she's not yawning anymore. Hmm, good. Now we'll take another step. Might even put her in another, another side of the car, put her in a different spot. So I think the answer is it's going to be incremental. It's going to be very small. The answer will not be put her in the truck and drive 10 minutes. Put her in the truck, drive 10 minutes. Hope she gets over it. She won't get over it. You're going to have to take steps way back. Hell, it might be you don't even put her in the truck. You just bring her to the truck. Walk her to the truck open the door. That might be step one. So you're going to have to just back up until you find out something that doesn't create an issue and then add one layer at a time, one layer at a time, one layer at a time, one layer at a time. The issue that you've got right now is you went over the top. And so now what you got to do is start way back over at the bottom of the hill. Start working your way back up. So that's episode number 71 of the Dog Bone Podcast. We tried it live. We tried it solo on Instagram. It sounds like people could see us. It sounds like people could hear us. We'll find out for sure. And then our hope is uh, to continue on with some of the things that we're going to do using the live and getting questions like that. Um, those are always good. That's the value of having it be live is getting some, some feedback. So you, Eric says, much appreciate it, no problem. Thank you guys for watching, thank you for listening. Uh, if you would do us a favor, if you listen to the podcast and you like it, if you would leave us a review, that would be awesome if you'd share it with someone. Our hope right now is more podcasts, more videos. Ben is doing another Inside the Workshop. Um, it, we've got the Inside the Dog Bone Workshop playlist on our YouTube channel. That is going to get another one added to it today. Mm -hmm. You're adding them how often? Every other day. Every other day, Ben puts one up. I do not post the promos quickly enough. I've been sharing promos on Instagram and, and Facebook. I don't keep up with Ben. Ben is like a rock, and so he is solid. And he is every other day with Bella Be Good and Inside the Workshop. Our hope right now is we realize that so many people are at home. 
Um, Chris just gave us a thumbs up. We're going to be doing, we, we've, we've teamed up here with Lacrosse Boots. Uh, we're doing an Instagram thing with them, and I think it's going to post pretty quick. Um, we did some at home, they got a series coming up, uh, lacrosse, it's called from home and it's stuff that you can do because so many people are home right now. Our hope is to provide some training stuff for you. So we did some stuff with Bella. Um, we did a, a couple different sequences, broke down three major things that we're working on with her right now. And that we're going to be, um, working with lacrosse boots on that. Our hope with all of these things, whether it be teaming up on stuff like that, uh, more podcasts, more inside the workshop that series. That was something that we were actually going to sell as a series. We decided we're just going to give it to you. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's free. Uh, that playlist, the Bella Be Good series lives on. We've got a lot of different stuff um, that we're actually working on right now. Our hope is to keep providing you with some information so that, uh, A, during these times, you take advantage of it. There's a, a ton of opportunity right now um, for positive stuff. And I think a lot of stuff we hear is not so positive. And I'm in the I'm on the side that says I think there's a lot of opportunity out there right now, you guys. I realize we can bitch all we want, but there's so many good things, and there's so many chances for us to do good things for other people. So I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to what do you call it? Rate our podcast. Yeah. I challenge you to rate our podcast and share it. I challenge you to do something good for someone. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, stay strong, and we will stay doing these things for you guys. So talk to you guys soon. Bye.